Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast. In today's episode, we are discussing a pretty cool subject. Honestly, it's so true because yeah, anyone and everyone who's like worked at all might be interested in this conversation and if you haven't heard it already um what rock are you living under because yeah it's kind of like a global shift no if you haven't heard of it i feel like you probably are not part of it and therefore i'm like wow i envy you and no, i'm kidding <laughs> uh, no, what do you mean part of it part of what like work or part of the conversation working. you know oh. like they are not part of the nine to five therefore they don't really need to be paying attention to it and i'm like okay are you either in high school or are you just like so independent financially (laughs) well if you're in high school this will be coming up if you are independent financially please teach us your ways (laughs) (laughs) just kidding (laughs) no please do (laughs) i don't want to do nine to five forever Like this is not a lie to anyone. Like who asked? Please tell me. Also, the podcast so we can be free. (laughs) I mean, anyone. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, if you want to do nine to five because that's what you want to do, like go for it. But I personally don't want to do it. (laughs) Exactly, and that's perfectly fine to have. You know, a vision that is not bound by you know a nine to five structure or any structure. Everyone's got you know their own vision that they want in life. But kind of along those lines and sort of getting control over your time and your life is sort of the theme of this this topic and why it's so important to be talking about it in 2023. And I guess also giving the emphasis that we are now in a world that focuses on productivity and efficiency and that does not equal long hours and we are transforming this sort of like concept. So, yeah. I think it's really exactly, important. Exactly. So if you've already read it in the in the title, it's along the lines of nine to five, the actual hours, not like a concept of a job, obviously. But we're trying to discuss today that um, are these working hours obsolete, essentially, because working life as we know it today has changed pretty much from the start of the industrial revolution. Before then, economies were run by, you know, small scale entrepreneurs, we can call them artisans and small scale farming. And that was pretty much how everyone made money, Uh, which meant that social structures and economies and living was very much like villages, very, very um, small, concentrated areas where people worked right next to their house or sometimes even in their house and everyone worked together. Um, But the way we know working today didn't exist. Um, The thought was, yeah, social structures have changed a lot since the Industrial Revolution. And I guess for the first time, it meant decentralizing employment from the house. So, you know, for the first time, men's work life was very different to their home life. Like they weren't connected geographically at all. But again, that's a story for another day. Um, Today, we want to discuss how work at that time differs to what we do today and why this might need a reform. When you say that um, there was a separation from work uh, and home, you mean like people going to the office or what what did you mean? Yeah, people actually have to leave their home to go to a factory or a office or something because like, you know, um, when I was talking about small scale farming and artisans, it was like a family lived in this place and maybe right next to their house was like the, the shop where they made all the tools or where the where they sold all their goods or where their farm was or whatever. So literally they'd have their family also working, 
so the like the the husband and wife would work in the same thing um but yeah like would literally home. their home and the their thing mm. was so close together so it was all oh, yeah. molded into one but then when the industrial revolution came suddenly people were going outside of yeah um, yeah. During the Industrial Revolution, the 16-hour workdays were quite normal and they were quite the norm, actually. And these sort of like um, hours um, led to the first step towards considering a labor reform. Um, in 1890, the government started sort of like tracking the hours that workers did and it was sort of like an average of 100 hours a week. So it was quite common for people to be burning out and that was just how it was. <laughs> but it's, it's so crazy what people can get accustomed to. Like, yeah, can but you also imagine? Like, like for us thinking of 16 day, hours is crazy. Yeah, 100%. But back was, on the day, they yeah. didn't have the technology that we have and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the work that has been replaced by machines is actually really time consuming. So thank Lord for technology, but also um, crazy that we were able to do that. Um, Honestly, <laughs> makes me sad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's also like the, the type of work that people were doing at the time. Again, like we make um, an emphasis on technology and like the things that we have today are quite advanced. But back in the day, people were like, mining or like the way literally like doing completely different things like you were saying like they were probably like at a workshop developing like i don't know tools and things like that that we currently have now and are produced by machinery in seconds so things have quite changed in that regard um i guess the first time people started thinking about um whether or not this 100 hour work week that was so normal it was a little bit out of like needed reform let's just say that well it was the just first time in, a, in in humane <laughs> exactly and uh there was a guy called robert Irwin. if you go back to like 1817 which is way before anyone was even talking about this um he had mentioned something that sa- sounds familiar but iconic at the time was eight hour labor eight hour recreation and eight hours rest which if you look at it now is literally how we've split up work so naturally, for again, we're talking about mining and all these other, um, I guess, what was very common back in those times was working in factories. And in these factories, children also worked and adults also worked and everyone was working like crazy long hours. So that led to a lot of safety issues, but also sanity issues and not your mental sanity, but like actual cleanliness sanity. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> hectic. What meant. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's when the workers first like started uh, going on strikes and yeah yeah i would have done that same thing like i would have been asking for my rights loud and clear <laughs> would have been like this is sad also when did they actually establish that children couldn't work or like by that what by what age you know could you actually that's work? a very good question by 1833 child labor was further regulated and it became illegal for children under nine years old oh my god to work I know, and children under 13 weren't allowed to work more than nine hours a day. That's crazy. That was in 1833, though. Child labor was finally outlawed in the UK, okay, 1833, but that was still just under the age of nine. 
So if you are 10 years old, why are you not working? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Anyway, so Henry Ford was actually one of the first ones to introduce the eight-hour workday back in oh, 1914. Um, <laughs> so is still recovering from that very good joke that I dropped just then. Uh, we'll give her time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't have a job when I was 10, so I'm glad. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> I would so, have yes. been a black mark on the family. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, what Henry Ford did um, actually proved to be a very successful technique, I guess, for Ford Motor Company in terms of productivity and profitability. Profit- profit- Productivity and profitability. Yeah, yeah, sounds better. Um, and then I believe um, they made it official that the work week was going to be 44 hours per week uh, and it was established by the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. And since then, we have probably been working 44 or 40 or 38.5 hours a week since. <laughs> so it's funny <laughs> that we haven't actually questioned how much, um, like, things have changed and compare it to that traditional way of working a week. Interesting, right? It is 100% interesting. Um, I guess it sort of worked. And I think, interesting caveat, but obviously, firstly, I'd like to flag that this whole conversation is mostly around developed nations because we know the story in other countries is very, very different. Um, But also the fact that these 44 hours, quote unquote, and 38.5 are what is legally uh, mandated. But you and I know because we worked in this industry and also anyone else who has worked knows that. Um, yeah, 60 hour weeks are easily, actually normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 12 hour days here and there. Temporarily, they say. Sacrifices are made. <laughs> yeah. And so, quote unquote, yeah, these are. You know what they said would work, but it, like everything, sometimes you just need a push and it's fine. You know, I guess yeah. is it fine? I yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, Ask again, but yeah, is it fine? No. <laughs> just yeah. adding that as a thing that while you know the mandates are there, like it, any work week looks very different for all these people. Yeah, but the point but is that just, I, yeah. Okay. No, I was just yeah. gonna say that essentially what we wanted to highlight was sort of like where this all come from and have a little trip to memory lane and yeah you know just give you a history lesson because why not (laughs) (laughs) because the foundation matters right and it just goes to show that because the industrial revolution is like very recent compared to how long like you know the middle ages were and people were farming and all that so we did that for a very very long time and that was the norm but like literally these changes have only happened since the like 1800s which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot. So for, for to even be having this conversation where things should be up in the air, like, oh, is 40 hours normal, is 38 normal, is 30 normal, should make sense because we haven't been doing this for long enough to say that this is the way, you know, if that makes sense. The only reason and the reason why I think we should be having this conversation is because the only reason this system worked is because it worked in a very rigid social structure, which was one person goes out to work 
typically the man. One person stays at home taking care of the family and, you know, the household and all caretaking activities because those are important as well. And they're a full-time freaking job. And that was typically the woman. And if if those two things were happening, everything works. This 38.5 yeah, works. Yeah, exactly. But, but now how things are going. Now exactly. we need two things people working. Um, I was reading yeah. this article recently that said that even if two people are working now, it's really difficult mm-hmm. for them to even get like to buy a house in the future, let's say. And that before, back on the day, when one person was working, it was enough to sort of like have a house and provide for the whole family or Literally, even like yeah. a family that is larger than like, you know, four people. So yeah. it's it's actually really interesting how – Yes, the benefits of like technology, as we were talking about earlier, have not only changed the way we work and maximize, I guess, pro- well, just productivity um, and helped us, but it's also sort of like made things a little bit more expensive and like as the m- we move. Yeah, and- inflation's gone up, like cost of living is crazy and it's like in very many ways, yes, both people have to work. But honestly, I wouldn't even want to necessarily live in a world where only one person worked because working and having a purpose outside of the home should be everyone's right. Oh my God, yes. You know? And yeah. this yeah. also today, I was watching this movie. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but I was like, I'm pretty bad when it comes to watching movies on my own because I get easily distracted. But it's... Um, Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles in Netflix and it's about this like simulation okay so it's essentially about these um, people I don't want to ruin it for people that haven't watched it but it's about sort of like two people living in a simulation that's all I gotta say and the girl sort of like starts finding out that something isn't right like she's like what the fuck is happening um, her life is very luxu- luxurious and she's like married with this guy and they have a really decent job but she doesn't work she stays at home and because she's mm-hmm. at home all the time she I think she's starting like to actually realize that something's going on she's like this is not how it's supposed to be and I have to just like obviously highlight the fact that I wasn't like 100% paying attention to the movie but what stick with me the most was that the fact that she was not working and that she started considering reality. I was like, because I actually reflected upon that. I was like, yeah. okay, if I didn't have my job, I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I have to have a reason <laughs> to get up in the morning. Yeah. And obviously that's just not my work. That is not my job. Yeah. Sometimes even like for certain people, like that the, their job is just a vessel to get there. But mm. you have to have something to keep you, like, I don't know, alive and not feeling like yeah. you're living as a part of a simulation or like a matrix or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, like the same day every day. And this is not shitting on anyone who, you know, chooses to stay at home and take care of their family. Like we said, that's a full-time role as well. But to presume that someone is only going to do that and they're going to be okay is being very naive because, like, the the the, the um, idea of having a purpose is a very fundamental human trait and And people want to make a difference you know and whatever it is that calling might be music that might be art that might be um i don't know sports or whatever like people have something they want to do Uh, whether they just want to pursue it as a hobby or as their a full-time role um they should be allowed to pursue it i feel like that's a basic human right that's exactly and that's just to compliment on that i was so eager to just say this because 
um, yeah, it is true. Like Maslow in the pyramid of needs that he has, he describes like essentially the first ones are physiological needs, then the safety yep. ones, and then social needs, and then esteem needs, and then self-actualization. So according to Maslow and his hierarchy of needs theory, humans do need self-actualization. Whatever it is, in whatever extent or context, we do feel better when, when that happens. This hierarchy yep. of needs, it's also not just from a human behavior component, they also can be used at work. How? So mm-hmm. certain humans, and I mean like the average person that comes to work, is looking to have those needs fulfilled, right? In a personal aspect. But they are also looking to get those ones met through the company, therefore professional aspect. So if your job is already giving you food, then the next thing for the job to take would be the safety. Do I feel safe in this environment? Some females, for example, in the engineering industry or in male-dominating industries don't actually feel safe and therefore they leave. So they would feel and meet or get that need met through another organization. There's other people that leave companies because they don't get their social needs met because they are just equally as important or like the STEAM needs. That's a massive one why people leave organizations because they don't feel like they are recognized, uh, like their um, skills are being 100%. valued. Usually, this is where it sort of like it stops in a professional aspect. They won't go to self actualization because it's really hard for people to actually fulfill the self actualization needs through a company. They actually have to look for other things within the personal life to get those one meet, met. And I'd like that you touched on that they will definitely try to get those needs met at a different organization because this ties back into it like there's a there's a purpose and there's a, a calling or something that that person's following. It's not just that the hierarchy of need has dropped that oh, I just don't need to work, I don't feel safe, and I'll just sacrifice everything. Fuck that. no. Um, it's about okay, if it doesn't met here, it's probably met somewhere. And that still doesn't change the fact that now forty seven percent of the population of females, no forty percent. In most countries, 47% of the workforce is also women. Let's just say developed nations. And um, that just means that to tie it back into the point was that men and women are both at work. And that means that a lot of things that were full-timely taken care of, like caretaking needs, are sort of been, um, what's the word, outsourced to things like uh, daycare or aged care and to be honest, these things are really expensive. I was like in the office and someone was discussing that um, if they were 15 minutes late to pick up their kid from daycare, they'd get charged like 40 bucks or something, which Why? is insane. I don't know. That is crazy. It is crazy. And these things are so expensive. And like, you know, we were talking about like cost of living is going so much like higher. Um, but just because they're expensive, a lot of times... Um, they may not be accessible to everyone. Yeah. And so a lot of the caretaking responsibilities are still taken on by women. And these women who want to work and do want to pursue a career or have to for their families, they are burdened with not just caretaking responsibilities, but also household pressures. And my I please add the fact that mm-hmm. a lot of the times that these people that take sort of like the responsibility of taking care of their children are females is because... Not just because of the fact that they have been doing it for a long time and that's sort of like the mm-hmm. stereotype that people follow, but 
because we are making changes in our, you know, gender roles, um, which is good. But yeah. we need, we still need support from organizations because if you have a look at the organizations, uh, parental leave, women get more time than men. So if your organization is going, like if your organization has a, a parental leave that looks like this, then reevaluate and make sure whether that is fair. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it prevents men from being able to take care um, in in households and provide caretaking responsibilities, and we know they want to because for the first time in history, more men are spending way more time with their children, and I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. I agree. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with um, a lady who is due in September, I think, and she's going on um, maternity leave pretty soon, and she was saying how. She was like, I'm just going to disappear for like the following months. And I loved the fact that she said that. And then she was like, and she was actually really happy that like her partner was able to do the same, like was going to be able to like, not at the same time, but it it was going to help her. And then eventually when she sort of like returns to the workforce, he was going to just like disappear. And I I love hearing the word disappear because I believe that... (laughs) It's so important to spend those first uh, few years with your children and just having that journey, you know, being able mm-hmm. to say, like, I was there. Because otherwise, what's the point of living? Like, for real, like, if you're going to have a family and you're going to be absent forever, then might as well just consider it's crazy, it. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they're called formative years for a reason. Like, yeah. and if my you're not there in the formation, off. she took what? My mother took two years off. Oh, that's so cute. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's really amazing. And did you find it easy going back to work? Uh, I wouldn't say easy. Yeah, but easy is a short word, sorry. Um, it was sort of like a transition. And I think a lot of mothers would probably relate. But she said that it was hard to get back to work, not because of the routine of work, but the feeling of leaving your baby with someone mm. else, like not spending time, like dealing with a lot of like self-guilt, self-inflicted mm. guilt, sorry. It's like yeah. challenging, but that's just one of the challenges, I guess. Because um, at the same time, you have to think about how like you're going to get back on track, I guess. So yeah, kudos to mums and fathers because you guys are crazy amazing. And <laughs> yay. Just so interesting how stories can be so different. So I guess on my side, like my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And um, like she's been a housewife all her life. And I guess for me, that's why I feel so strongly towards, you know, uh, women's dreams that might be outside of the home. Like, I don't know what she would have been, you know, if if social structure had been slightly less patriarchal. There's probably so much she would have wanted to achieve, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did she have a choice? Everyone comes from. I don't think so. Um, Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But I know her dad was very different, but he passed away when she was really young. He had told her to study and, you know, accounting, study accounting. And he said, you know, you should always be able to have, um, you know, a good option that will allow you to be able to work at any stage in your life. And I guess he was quite forward thinking. But I guess after she got married, things just changed. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. What's your so mom's background just for the listeners? I mean, it's pretty obvious from my face. We're Indian. (laughs) 
and my name. So, I love yeah. that. It's pretty obvious from my face. Says the woman who stands for equi- equity. <laughs> Still all for the, the, the blatant truth that is there. It's so funny because I know this, this is a big yeah. tangent that we have gotten ourselves into, but somehow we're yeah. going to link back to the nine to five stuff. But it's so funny. I was chatting with a Colombian friend. I only have one. And I was saying to her, immediately when I'm in the streets and I see a Colombian, like I can just look at them in the eyes and I'm like, you are Colombian. So I guess you're right. Like when you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. You just know. Yeah. So going back to our subject today, um, I guess it's also important to see that a lot of the population that are working uh, or are part of the labor force currently um, mm. not longer people from what is that generation yes <laughs> now there's a lot of millennials <laughs> and, and we have different requirements yeah. but, but and i guess really we operate quickly. differently not different requirements yeah. it's just different operation mm. systems but yes sohan i give the mic yeah, to you i was gonna say like if we could have a quick question answer thing how many hours do you think, and this is again for the listeners to think of, but also for you to answer, of actual productivity in this eight-hour working day do you think people actually get? I love this question. I <laughs> love it because this is something that, remember how we were talking about self-inflicted guilt? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that I come home and I reflect upon the time of work, <laughs> the hours <laughs> that I work are real, self-inflicted guilt is what I feel. <laughs> Because I obviously, and just probably a lot of you might be able to relate to me, yes. I work productively, productively during those eight hours. In fact, it's really hard when you are part of an office that has meetings for a, like, a, it's really hard if you work for an office that has like a lot of meetings or that do a lot of like social things or that... When, like, for example, when you have a, a project that is like a lot of hours have to be done on site, and driving to that site takes you like two hours and a half, it's like, okay, how much work did you do? Two f- hours and a half driving to the site and coming back, then five hours, and then three hours on site. <laughs> you know, well, who's gonna like fill those reports up? Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway, but I... But assuming I someone is just at their desk and not me. having to go on site. Which is me. And no meetings and no nothing. How many hours do you think realistically do they actually get of focus proper work? Or like five. You reckon? Oh, girl, me. you are so optimistic. <laughs> well, I say that, but I also like... I don't know. Maybe like... Maybe five, but there's like a 30-minute break between those five hours <laughs> so maybe that's like longer than what you said <laughs> okay so for all the listeners thinking along those lines i was reading a book called deep work and it's a fantastic book about you know getting more out of your hours essentially um but it was by cal newport and he said based on like all this research and all the work he's been putting in for so long of actual deep work which means full focus no distraction sort of work um you can build up to it. No one's really there at the moment, especially with like um, social media coming on. Like it's really hard to get that work done. But very nice photo. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> we need to. But content. I'm so do, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I'm still on the train of thought. So 
when you build up to maximum deep work capability, the maximum a person can get realistically is four hours. That's it. In one day, it is very, very difficult to get more than four hours. It's near impossible, actually. So in a working environment where social situations are happening a lot, um, there are a lot of meetings and intellectual work is fucking hard. <laughs> realistically, people are only in this is a result of a survey. This is not coming out of me. People only claim to get about, not claim, they're shown to have only two and a half hours of actual productive deep work on that any given working so day. so refreshing to hear. No, no, for <laughs> real and out of jokes. Actually? Okay. Yeah. But oh, also, yeah, like, yeah, obviously, I feel yeah. like it is refreshing, but that doesn't make the that it's fucked up like obviously polarity yeah. so often we are big advocates about this we can feel <laughs> many ways about this statement but it is refreshing because again like the, the days that i i guess okay i'm just going yeah. to expand on what i mean by when i say is refreshing there's a lot of people mm. that have grown up in cultures where you have to work so hard from 6 a.m. until like 7 or like from 6 a.m. until 5 p.m. And if you don't work that much, that means that you like are not a, not a good mm -hmm. worker or you are lazy. So if throughout that day you felt like you didn't get this many, I don't know, like if throughout that day you feel like you didn't do that much or you actually didn't and couldn't focus, then it's refreshing to hear that this – more people it's, out yeah. there going through this and it's not just you. Exactly. That's what I meant. But yeah. That makes sense. Now that makes sense. And obviously we're not saying that all, you know, that's acceptable. Obviously everyone should focus on trying to get their deep work capabilities going. I think reaching that four hours a day would be fantastic. But but we're not but, a, a, accounting for people who have disabilities, you know? Like what if you actually yeah, can't focus? Yeah. yeah. And so we're just talking about, again, able able in the generic sense of the word um so realistically if you're only getting about two and a half hours to pretend that you have to sit there for eight hours and just for the sake of it is is almost like an archaic concept you know we have so much more automation we have ai we have things that can help us with the 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 menial menial the little tasks like emails and stuff and so someone who is capable at their job and we can assume they're capable by the results they achieve should be able to have control over their time you know if they don't feel they work very well in the morning or if they have an afternoon appointment to have them just sit there for eight hours for what for like a, a and uh i don't know like a what's it called the thing where it's just like an obligation yeah just I don't know, some sort of like namesake requirement doesn't make any sense. And so mm -hmm. the idea here is just to allow people with enough autonomy to understand their time and be able to take control of their time because you're not getting too much out of their time in eight hours, essentially, anyway. Yeah, and I think <laughs> the biggest, I think a big, um, wow, that is so true, but I was going to say that we sort of like saw this happening when COVID hit. Like, it wasn't obvious exactly. for everyone until COVID yeah. hit. And, like, it was sort of, like, also, I feel like the circumstances at the time were extremely difficult for people and, like, their mental health and everything. So we were going through not just, like, a transformation of work, what work looked like, but we were also going through, like, a pandemic that affected so many people differently and, like, economies. And, obviously, it was stressful. So 
it was not just like oh flexibility with um flexibility with the schedules but also like flexibility accepting the fact that everyone is you know going through something and we have to be exactly, understanding yeah. with everyone's me coping mechanisms and communication yeah, styles because you've employed people not machines and people have a whole life that's happening and i think flexible hours has been one of the most amazing things i've seen happen at work because it's allowed people and like myself included to take care of their parents um to catch flights when they need to to go and sit at the you know deathbed of a, a family member oh, that it's is just given so much flexibility i'm sorry yeah but it's true <laughs> like it's literally opened up so many avenues and honestly it's allowed them to still be productive and that's the same thing i guess what i would like to touch on that has been very interesting like i've never been a part of it but just to hear that it's happening is the recent like um i don't know if anyone's aware but globally um in certain countries like the UK, uh, I think France and the US, there were some places that were trialing a four-day work week. And I just think that is so cool because, um, yeah, it's it's radical, A, eh? but even just like imagine a whole extra day. Like that would give people so much time to spend with their family, go for appointments, so just take care of their mental health. Like honestly, it would be so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know. What I, would you do if you had an extra day? Uh, I'd probably just. I think I would dedicate that whole day for appointments because I like. I try mm. to fit all my appointments throughout the week, like if they are like doctor's appointments, just because honestly, yeah. paying extra fees on the weekend is not worth it. So I would just like try to fit them in. Just because lately yeah. this year, I mean, I've had to deal with a lot of like blood tests and like appointments with doctors and stuff like that. So I would just much rather have a day where I can do that in and then just nap because I exactly I, I needed it. I need it. <laughs> it's so true. People need it. And I think this um, so it was an article from the Sydney Morning Herald and it was a mother who had a child with autism. And she worded it so well. She said it's like having the flexibility of a part-time job, but the pay and security of a full-time job. Oh, that's essentially. Awesome. And I think that's so cool because, like, just to be clear, what a four-day work week is is just you work less hours, but you still have the pay of a full-time pay. So essentially, you are working four days, but your pay doesn't take a hit. And guess what? Out of the trial, a lot of companies saw that productivity actually went up. It did not awesome. suffer. Yeah, because people turn up refreshed, there's less burnout, there's less people feeling anxious. About a third of the people reported feeling less anxious. Um, and then there were also 38% of the people said they were less stressed. 62% of the people had an increase in general positive emotions. And absenteeism actually fell by 44%. So more people were turning up, more people were happy to turn up, and more people, um, I think, yeah, just would turning up in general yeah just people turning up I think up. it's really interesting because when you asked me that question I was like yeah I would also like sorry I was at, like I would dedicate my like that time for medical appointments but now mm -hmm. like that I'm thinking about it like I'm also like studying at uni now and we have this podcast like surely that day wouldn't actually be like a break day or like just appointments yeah. day because obviously like my life is not going to be full of medical appointments all the time but I would probably <laughs> just like have more time for to do things that 
uh, also contributing yeah, to, to my study. professional development. Yeah. Um, and it would be good because, yeah, I, I would become more of an asset for the company. And then I would also have time to rest and reconnect with other people, you know. And I think that's yeah. important because I feel like a lot of the people that I work with, when they when we have like a really... And I'm going to throw them all under the bus. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what I mean is, <laughs> it's a joke. I said to you, <laughs> it's a joke. Um, but I guess what I mean is like, when you have a deadline that is like extremely like, you know, demanding and you have been working hard, like hard, like what you were saying, like 50 hour week or like 60 hour weeks. And then you're doing a lot of hours during the week, then you don't really rest on the weekends. You like, really don't. You really need, like, if you are getting up or, like, coming, showing up to work at, like, 6 a.m., let's say, like, something crazy like that. Not that I have done it recently, but some people mm -hmm. that I know have. And if they are doing that and then they get to the weekend and they are, like, probably absolutely dead, like – You know, like how, how do you <laughs> And it's like, honestly, if you break down a weekend, to be honest, uh, maybe Saturday you get a little bit of like, okay, but let's not label it a day. One day you get a little bit of socializing, but on the other day there's, there's general life admin, house chores, all of that needs to be done. And yeah, that's preparing. probably a day's worth of work and prepping for the future, like the next the week, week to come. So mm -hmm. let's pretend a whole day goes in that. You only really get one day off. And then no, and like let's think yeah. about it. Like, there's a lot of people that have families, and the families have commitments. Mm. Or there's a lot of people that have friends, and friends have commitments. And you yeah. also want to make sure that yes, and friends. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And yeah, and friends and yes. pets. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much that, like, you know, there's a time that's being demanded. There's their growth that's being demanded. If you have children, you probably want to take them to like sports things or you know cultural activities because you want to. Round, grow them into like well-rounded citizens so it's it's huge like we're asking a lot of the people and it's difficult when people want to follow their calling which is work but also want to balance not balance balance I don't we don't anyway. believe in balance anymore we don't believe in balance we don't so it's just about trying to f grow both spheres of life yeah Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> I hope. Well, I think yeah. it is sort of, I feel like the work balance can easily be misinterpreted because a lot of people, I think it's just more sustainable. Is that a word that you would use? I guess so. Or just what's that thing? Juggling. Like, you know, if you're trying to juggle all these things, you don't want to drop a glass ball, essentially. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're all important. And I do think they're all important and they should be given the time they deserve. And just because we've been used to this concept of working 38 and a half hours a week doesn't mean it should be the norm going forward. I agree. And that's why I love, yeah. the, I, I love the fact that millennials <laughs> have actually <laughs> come up with like, I don't know. I love how they are big advocates of flexibility and, yeah. and actually the pandemic played and such a big role. I feel like. Yeah, sorry, I just cut you off. Please finish that thought properly. Ah, and that's why I love that the millennials are such big advocates for flexibility and fulfillment. I'm not having a go at the other generations, by the way, because I do acknowledge and mm -hmm. I am aware of the fact that <laughs> yeah. those generations were going through like wars or the access to technology, mm -hmm. again, wasn't as available 
I'm not yeah. having a go. It's just this taking way. off. And it's yeah, just like it didn't sound like it. But <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, but just yeah. The the only reason I think, not the only reason, but another thing. Like if we've just come out of something as big as a global pandemic, and it taught us a lot. It taught people to to care about their mental health, to care about their families, and to put less pressure on how they earn money to as that being their identity and i feel like going out of this we shouldn't forget that immediately like i know everything tends to settle back to its normal what is it called like asymptote to a certain level and we might just end up forgetting these things but it we shouldn't you know because it it is positive to understand that you know your work is not everything it's just an aspect of your life Oh my god, yes. And, there's and so I was going to say like we, yeah. even though like things go back to normality in the sense of like people go to travel and everything. I don't think you'll ever go back to being the same at least like it's something mm-hmm. that has changed us. It's like when the second world war happened, like no one went back to forgetting about the fact that that happened. Like you just use these experiences or these circumstances that we go through to make the most out of it like for example not make the most out of it after having said the second world war statement that doesn't really tie in but sorry it's just like i was heavily inflicted by <laughs> so that thought was awful but what i mean is like we learn from these events that have happened throughout you know history and the point as you said is gaining or getting those tools that that event exactly. left because otherwise we are just like reinventing the wheel or like we're just gonna mm-hmm. like never gonna learn and history repeats itself ah <laughs> and i like that you talk about yeah not reinventing a wheel because yeah we have this wheel and it works but we'd, we'd like to optimize it you know at the end of the day if it's getting a bit creaky you obviously want to oil it and make sure it's functioning well because You'd want to optimize it for humanity in general, not just for capitalism, not just for, you know, the sakes of making money or making a company work. You want the people to function better. And we know that people work best when they have control over their schedules, they're happier and can organize their days around their biorhythms, chores, home responsibilities and hobbies. Mm. So, yeah, it's more likely that they'll also stay in a job that allows them to do that. So another outcome of the study was that staff retention also improved. So for yeah. companies really struggling to see how to improve retention. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. Yeah, Sohan, we saw you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, I, this reminded me of the conversation that we had on our lunch with the people that we interviewed for the podcast. Mm, exactly. Because um, I feel like Yes, one of the, I guess, differences from organizations that are globally known is that element of freedom, of trust in the employees and like just giving them enough, I guess, trust and freedom again (laughs) to do whatever (laughs) they want to do. And that actually feels, it's like, okay. I just got this thought and I love the fact that I, everything that I, like all the comments that I make are like relationship related. I've noticed. So it's like being in a relationship that is, that makes you be independent. You know, if you're independent and you like can do your own thing, you're more willing, you are more likely, sorry, to stay with that person. If you're in a relationship where you can actually be your own person and you are not free to do whatever you want, and I don't mean 
go and kiss many people who don't believe in polyamorous <laughs> relationships. <laughs> this God, yeah, that's this, it's good because there is so standard. weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you'll be happy. Yeah, that's like what this. I mean. Yeah, and thank you somewhere. so much. And just because you're saying some things are acceptable doesn't mean we're throwing everything up for grabs. I like yeah, that. of course. There's going to be standards and that's why we have contracts. But there's also this encouragement of let people come up with ideas, let people be creative, let people be willing to bring the, you know, the weirdness to the workplace and deal with it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. I think that is all of our thoughts on this topic because, again, we'd just like to restate that it doesn't necessarily work for every industry, completely understand, like something that requires shift work like nursing or, you know, um, nursing, cleaning jobs or something. It might not necessarily work for those jobs. But in areas where this could work, we'd be keen to see it used. And I guess globally, some other people were also keen to see it used. Um, and it was used and it had decent responses. Um, but again, long-term impacts, we're not pretending to know how this works because it's new uncharted territory. So we just like to put it out there that this is a thing and we'd like to know whether anyone else has been interested in this or have tried it. Always keen to hear thoughts. And that's it. Ciao from me. Yeah, always keen to hear your thoughts on this. If you think that this is something that you don't think it would work in, like from an economy yeah. perspective or from tell something, tell us, share it with us, and we could even have you on the podcast. Haha. <laughs> and yes, yeah, let's and if you like what we go. listen to, hit the hit the subscribe button because yeah. it will tell us always. that you like and yeah, follow what we're and doing like and, it- and share. <laughs> And it keeps us going just to know that what we're doing is appreciated. Absolutely. (laughs) Bye. Bye.